tonight. Chuck Connors, Gary Lockwood, and Joan Van Ark. Hello there, and welcome to episode 90 of the Night Gallery podcast. My name's Chris Brown. Today we're going to be talking about The Ring with the Red Velvet Rope. It's episode 10 from season 3. Originally broadcast on January the 7th, 1973. It's a teleplay by Robert Malcolm Young, based on the short story, The Ring with the Velvet Ropes, by uh, Edward D. Hock, and uh, directed by Geno Swark. And uh, this is a story very much about a man who is uh, always has to prove that he's the best in the world. Good evening. I might offer this small admonishment if you happen to be a purist in your judgment of art. These are not your ordinary canvases. You don't find Monet in a mausoleum or a Van Gogh in a graveyard. This item here, commentative on what A.J. Liebling referred to as the sweet science, obviously having something to do with the manly art of self-defense, boxing. But if the Marcus of Queensbury mayhem doesn't particularly turn you on, don't turn this off. This painting tells a story infinitely more intriguing than a couple of fast boys mixing it up. It's called The Ring with the Red Velvet Ropes. And it tells you the tale of precisely who is the real heavyweight boxing champion of the world. And I think you'll be surprised. Surprise happens to be our stock in trade because this is the Night Gallery. Jim Fig is the new heavyweight champion of the world. He's won the title by beating the previous title holder, Big Dan Anger. And uh, he was so good at it, he put Anger into hospital. Uh, he needs to go in for surgery. Which seemed odd because Fig then spots him a few minutes after the bout to inform him that he's no, he isn't really the champion at all. This ghostly apparition tells him that uh, there's somebody else who actually is the best. He tells him about uh, this to his manager and gets confused, saying he couldn't possibly be in the hospital because he just saw him. And the manager tells him that um, he'd obviously taken too many blows to the head. He's likely to agree with that, considering the fact that once he'd stepped out of the shower, he signs himself in a, in a beautiful... Uh, extremely opulent suite. Um, there's towels and warmth and lots of lots of uh, uh, very attractive ornaments and items. And all he seems to be able to get find out is that he's a guest of a couple, Mr. and Mrs. Roderick Blanco. Now Fig thinks that maybe he's been kidnapped or something similar, but in actual fact, it becomes far more um, otherworldly than that. Sandra Blanco, uh, Roderick's wife, informs him that he has a fight on his hands now. He has to fight somebody else. Roderick. This is a fight that uh, is on a different plane of existence to what he's used to. And this fight, in some would say almost a Twilight Zone kind of way, is to prove that he is unbeaten and complete. Sandra basically tells him that the best thing to do at this stage for him would be to throw the fight. Am I supposed to know your husband is, what's his name, Blanco? Roderick? I don't see why. Oh. 
So what am I doing here, and what does he need from me? Roderick will explain. Nah, why don't you explain? And don't tell me you don't know either, lady. Sandra. Lady, yeah, lady. Look, I don't know where I am. I don't know how I got here. I've never seen this place before in my life. I don't know who you are, and I sure don't know who this Roderick Blanco is. But I'll tell you one thing, lady. I'm ready for it. Good and ready. We reached the fight stage, and it's in a, um, a very empty room, very quiet. There's uh, just a few spectators watching the fight who, don't make, who, who do not shout or seem like they enjoy it. It's very reverential. The, the ring itself is bright red, as is the walls, and it's quite an oppressive tone to it. Roderick, Roderick is undefeated. But our man Fig is more than confident that he could beat him. He's like the classic fighter who, who believes that anybody who's put in front of him, he can be beat. And um, the fight goes round for round, and it looks increasingly like it's Fig's to lose. He doesn't throw it, though. Instead, he keeps on pummeling, works harder and harder, and finally takes his man down. He's the winner. At that stage, the corpse of uh, Blanco's, well, the Blanco's defeated body becomes a corpse, withered and shrunken. And it's unclear how old he is, but apparently it's, in actual fact, he was undefeated because he was a man called, well, he won in 1861 against a gem mace. And um, he's been undefeated ever since, until that night. And now winner takes all unfortunately the fate of Jim Fig is to have to fight all comers in this strange and red ring who was he? he was the real champion having first taken the title from Jem Mason 1861 and having successfully defended it ever since until tonight I really like this story. Um, it's uh, it does remind me of uh, tw you know Twilight Zone in a way, but uh, in a good way, just because it has it tries to do some quite unusual things and it does it in, in quite an interesting way. And at its heart is a story about the nature of being a boxer, of, of trying to be the champion, and how transient that is and also that fear that somebody at any point could come along and basically show you up and push you away as the champ um, interestingly enough the original story by Edward D. Hock um, had, didn't have any supernatural elements to it these were like um, kind of bog standard pot boilers um, and uh, you know like a, something that you'd see maybe um, it was Pulp Fiction, I suppose, really. 
uh, a, a guy who was uh, a Blanco was a wealthy and trained but uh, amateur boxer who was kidnapping uh, champions and forcing them to fight um, so it's more of a you know that kind of uh, yeah like a suspense story I suppose if we're looking at it through the Twilight Zone Network kind of ways rather than like I don't know Dimension X or, or whatever um it's um I think you can kind of guess what's gonna happen, but I mean that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not well put together. It's obvious that he is in a um you know, in a, in another world as it were. But that doesn't necessarily make it any you know, any worse for that. It's um there's still a good deal of weight to it. Um I think the the biggest lift in terms of the acting is Gary Lockwood, who played who, who uh, played Fig. Uh, he's originally seen in uh, 2001. Um, I think he gives it a lot of weight in terms of you know he he looks and feels like a boxer. He's he's got a bit of athleticism too, um, and it's you know it, it's probably that fight as well that really stands out for me. Uh, I know that. Uh, some people don't like it because there's no real drama to it it's just brutal when you watch it you kind of realize how much uh, the crowd make the f- make a fight it's eerie silence and there's no music and this is deliberate by Swark to try and give it uh, a slightly uh, uneerie, uh, well, uneerie a slightly eerie quality to it uh, something that it doesn't fit it just feels a bit otherworldly and that that red ring as well it's it's kind of unusual it's kind of a well i mean considering you know limited budgets and stuff at this stage it, it really works in joe alvis's favor that he was able to create something that was uh, that had that kind of feel the apartment is massively lush and um and well you know very very attractive and and, and that room the red the, the ring is literally very very basic and very sparse <clears throat> but I think that helps add because it gives it kind of a it's it's it isn't sterile it's something else it's it's kind of it is otherworldly and then you know at its heart it does say something about the nature of boxing when it's just two men in a ring pounding each other with no we're seemingly without enjoyment um, Schwark really liked it um, and I think that's probably because you know he was able to do something slightly different with um, in like in, in within the boundaries of Night Gallery. Um, I mean, you know, you look at these now; the more experimental stuff's long gone, and we're down to ghost stories and and like short gaggy pieces. Um, but this feels a little bit different, and um, it 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 has a certain uh, quality to it. Um, you know his choices on that fight scene are popular there's no music but for me personally it uh, it elevates this story far beyond its uh, pulp crime thriller origins
please, if you want to get hold of me, do. Uh, my email is chris at thetwilightzonenetwork.com. If you go to our website, www.thetwilightzonenetwork.com, there's various uh, links to our Facebook and our Twitter. There's all the articles that we're putting up. Um, if you want to um, contact me directly, you can do at my private Twitter, which is at orange underscore monkey. Uh, next week we discuss uh, a rod sailing teleplay something in the woodwork um, which features Geraldine Page once again and is a reasonable enough story uh, and quite uh, uh, another haunted house tale I think it's fair to say so until then take care and I'll speak to you soon goodbye